Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Preacher's Devo podcast. I am your host, Daniel Messina. The Preacher's Devo podcast is designed for those seeking some devotional thought on certain biblical truths and doctrines of the faith. Throughout the podcast, I offer an analysis of the content found in the Heidelberg Catechism. I have picked the Heidelberg Catechism for its easy-to-follow structure of 52 Lord's Days. Today we are in Lord's Day number 27, continuing our discussion on baptism. Baptism has long been discussed in church history. In the New Testament, we have John's the Baptist baptism, we have Jesus' baptism, we have discussions and have had discussions throughout church history of spirit baptism, Catholic, Lutheran, Reformed, Baptist views, and so forth and so on. Baptismal gen- regeneration, infant baptism, and whether baptism is a divine means of grace or a human act of obedience. Before we get into the Heidelberg Catechism, there is a resource I would like to recommend to you. The book is called 40 Questions About Baptism and the Lord's Supper by John S. Hammett. John Hammett was one of my professors at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, and he writes several questions about the doctrine of baptism and also of the Lord's Supper. In the book, he claims that a right practice of baptism is understood by him as the immersion of a believer in water for the purpose of identifying with Christ in faith and allegiance and being initiated into the church. So twofold, it does identify the believer with Christ in faith and allegiance, and second, it initiates the believer into the body of Jesus Christ. This of course, keeps in step and lockstep with the early church as believers were coming into the faith and repenting, asking for their sins to be forgiven. They were also encouraged to be baptized. And further in the book, he says, Baptism, exercising fresh faith, embodies one's union with Christ in his death and resurrection, thereby helping to assure the new believer. What's clear from his book is that baptism is a conscious decision from the believer subsequent to a person's conversion. But now on to the Heidelberg Catechism. Day 27 begins with this question. Does this outward washing with water itself wash away my sins? The answer is no. Only the blood of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit cleanses us from all sins. This is certainly different from the Catholic view of baptism. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, in section 2, in article 1, Under the sacrament of baptism, here's what it states. Holy baptism is the basis of the whole Christian life. The gateway to life in the spirit, vitae spiritualis aya nua, and the door which gives access to the other sacraments. Through baptism, this is key right here, we are freed from sin and reborn as sons of God. We become members of Christ, are incorporated into the church, and made sharers of her mission or in her mission. Baptism is a sacrament of regeneration through water in the word. So in the Catholic view of baptism, sin is washed away through baptism as the believer is regenerated through the water. The Reformed view espoused by the Heidelberg Catechism stands in opposition to such a stance. The key verse here is 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, which says, But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. The blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. In other words, baptism does not clean up, cleanse us 
and cannot clean us. Only the blood of Jesus can, his sacrifice on the cross. The Heidelberg Catechism yet asks another question. Why then does the Holy Spirit call baptism the washing of regeneration in the washing away of sins? That's a good question, isn't it? Mainly, it is a didactic device. That is basically what the Heidelberg Catechism claims. It answers it this way. God speaks in this way for a good reason. He wants to teach us that the blood and the Spirit of Christ remove our sins just as water takes away dirt from the body. Again, it's symbolic. But even more important, He wants to assure us by this divine pledge and sign that we are as truly cleansed from our sins spiritually as we are bodily washed with water. A symbolic move that baptism, like the blood of Jesus Christ, has washed us from our sin represents is represented by the water washing away the dirt from our bodies. First Corinthians chapter six verse eleven says, And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Here we see Jesus and the Spirit together in that verse. But again keep in mind it is the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from our sin not the water for instance revelation chapter 1 verse 5 chapter 7 verse 14 faith precedes baptism so therefore mark 16:16 16, 16 makes more sense jesus says whoever believes and is baptized will be saved but whoever does not believe will be condemned the same is true, for instance, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, where Peter says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Remember, repentance comes before baptism. Therefore, salvation precedes baptism. Now, the Heidelberg Catechism does hold to the Reformed idea that infants should be baptized, and that is where I differ from their opinion. In Lord's Day 27, the question is asked, should infants too, or also, be baptized? The question is yes. And the answer given is, infants as well as adults belong to God's covenant and congregation. Keyword congregation. In other words, a baby born of Christian parents should be baptized, and therefore that baptism is valid because they are part of God's covenant and congregation. They continue with this answer. Through Christ's blood, the redemption from sin, and the Holy Spirit who works faith are promised to them no less than to adults. Again, the argument from promise being given to those who are born into a Christian family. Therefore, by baptism, as a sign of covenant, they continue, they must be incorporated into the Christian church and distinguished from the children of unbelievers. This was done in the Old Covenant by circumcision in the place of which baptism was instituted in the New Covenant. Clearly keeping in step here with the Christian tradition that baptism did supersede or replace circumcision as a sign of a covenant, that is certainly correct. But the idea that infants should be baptized rooted in the idea of the New Testament of circumcision does not seem to have warrant in the New Testament because Christ himself was not baptized as an infant. If the Lord himself was not baptized as an infant, what is our example? He is our ultimate example. Christ was baptized as a grown man. He was baptized by immersion of water. 
And we know that the word baptizo means to immerse. Therefore, Jesus was giving us the example of what should follow in the life of a believer. When we identify with his life, death, burial, and resurrection through baptism, we identify ourselves with him. And it is a conscious decision. An infant cannot make a conscious decision to be baptized. His parents are the one making the decision for him or her. Though it is true that Christ's blood and his redemption from sin and the Holy Spirit are promised to infants as well as adults, they are promised, however, to those who believe in Christ by faith. Infants do not have the ability to choose God by faith consciously. They cognitively are not able to make a decision of such importance as that. Oftentimes, the scripture used to support such a view come from texts like, for instance, Matthew 19, 14, where Jesus says, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. It also comes from the idea of birth in the womb. As life is formed in the womb, God creating human beings in his image. But the fact of the matter is, again, that baptism must be a conscious decision. Well, folks, that's it for our discussion on baptism. Starting next week, we will talk about the Lord's Supper and the view of the Lord's Supper from a Reformed stance. Thank you so much for joining. May the Lord bless you. And until our next podcast, stay encouraged, encourage others, and keep growing in Christ. Please feel free to share this podcast with your friends and family. You can subscribe on iTunes or on Spotify.